everybody this morning. Has everybody made it through any liquid in your basements overnight, <laughs> etc.? <cetera>? Lobby. <laughs> yes. Foyer. Yes, yes, yes. Well, thank you guys for making your way here this morning. You know, over the last year and a half, I've come to treasure um, yeah. seeing seeing eyes when you look into other people's eyes and you're like, oh, we've both been through something and we're here and we're standing and I treasure it very much. So for every person that we get to say good morning to, thank yeah. you. Thank yeah. you for being here and thank you for showing up for one another, right? Because yep. it's not just, you're not just showing up to go to church. You're here to be with one another yeah. and your yeah. lives testify to each other. Mm, I love it. You know, the Bible says uh, we're two or more gathered that we don't, so, that it's not just a moment in time, that when two or more are gathered, the King of glory, Jesus himself, comes and invades, inhabits this place. And so in just a moment, we're gonna get a chance to stand and worship together, and I love the worship song we're gonna sing, it's something has to break, and I don't know about you, but that's kinda how I've been feeling lately, something's gotta break. Yeah. Anybody, any, anybody else have a something's got, sooner or later, Something's got to break. And, and I really want to invite you to not just lift up your hands and your hearts and your voices to God today in the, in the room with one another, but remember that the one who made the promise, the one who bought the promise, and the one who paid for the promise with his own blood is standing here. My God's not a man that he should lie. So I really want to encourage you to press in a little bit today with faith and Actually, when you begin to sing, when you begin to worship, to actually take a stand forward and just say, God, here I am. I wanna, I'm trusting you today. Today I'm believing something's got to break. Something's got to break for me. Something's got to break for this church. Something's got to break for my community, for my family. For people you don't even know, there are people who are carrying stuff in this room you don't know. But that's all right. That's the power of coming to church together. The power of coming to church together isn't just to get a good word. It's not just to get a good worship environment. The power of coming to church together is that you have people standing in the gap for you that you don't even know and don't know you. But my God knows. And because my God knows, he is faithful to do it. We serve a faithful God, amen? So can I just ask you just to stand with me? We're going to get ready to worship in just a second. Holy Spirit, just come today. Daddy, around this room, front to back, all around the stage, in every life and in every heart, we just open up our, our lives to you and we're saying, Holy Spirit, come and fill us to overflowing. Come and break through addiction, break through depression, break through anxiety, break through fear, break through worry, break through doubt, break through pain. In the name of Jesus, we give you the glory, the honor, and the praise because if you could defeat death, there's not one thing in this whole world you can't defeat. You can defeat cancer, you can defeat unemployment, you can defeat depression, you can defeat suicidal thoughts, you can defeat uh, 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 addiction in the name of Jesus. So, Father, let the song not just be a song. Let it be an anthem from our, from our heart. Something has to break. The great news is you are the breaker of all things, the breaker of chains. So come, Holy Spirit, in the name of Jesus, we give you glory, honor, and praise in Jesus' name. Come on, church. Everybody together said amen and amen. Come on. Can we just worship him together this morning? Come on.
something has to break tear down every lie set the wrong thing right cause when you have your way something has to break something has to break in the name the powerful name the name of Jesus who breaks our chains I feel it in this room Holy Spirit move cause when you have your way something has to break tear down every lie set the wrong thing right cause when you have your Something has to break. Something has to break. Right now in your name. Something has to break. Something has to break. Something has to break. Right now in your name. Something has to break. Tear down every lie. Set the 
daddy, something has to break. We need a supernatural move, God. We don't need better lives, daddy. We, we, don't, we don't need more moral action. We, we need you. We, we need a supernatural move of the Holy Spirit in this room. We, we need a breakthrough. We, we, we need freedom, Lord God. Father, you've come to bind up the broken heart and to set the captive free. Lord God, to give sight to the blind. And so today, we believe that every miracle, every sign, and every wonder is possible in this room because you are still a wonder-working God. If you did it before, you will do it again because you're a God of the promise. You're the God of the promise. You're a covenant-keeping God. And we trust you. We believe in you. So I pray right now across this room, I pray for eyes to be open, to see the depth of your love. I pray for ears today, right now, to be open in the name of Jesus, to hear your amazing voice. I pray for hearts to be open today, hearts to receive you like never before, for prodigal sons and daughters to come home. For those with one foot in and one foot out, Lord God, to to jump in with both feet. To those who are captive to fear, to be set free by your love and grace. We give you the glory. We give you the honor and the praise because you are worthy of it all. In Jesus' name. And together in faith we say amen and amen. Come on, can we give God just one shout of joy? One thanksgiving, Father, thank you so much for who you are. You're a great God. We love you. Thank you, Jesus, for who you are. Woo! Woo! Yes! Did you believe what you just sang? Do you believe what you just sang? Do you believe we have a God that can do it? Do you believe that we have a God that will withhold it from you? His love. His love towards you is so deep and so wide and so high. There's nothing you can do that can keep that love from you. The only thing you can do to keep the love from you is choose not to accept that love today. That's it. He loves you. We love you. We are grateful you're here today. Danielle and I know that there's a thousand other things you could do today. It would be so easy to be home watching online today from, you know, a, a a chair at the beach. Look, if you're at the beach today on a chair, we love you. Thanks for watching anyway. I'm not hating. I'm just saying. I'm hating a little bit. I got to be honest. Just, just a little. But we love you. Hey, but we've been saying throughout this entire time that when you come back, church is different. And it's not just a different setup or a different stage. It's a different spirit. Because what we want and what God desires is for us to be a community, a family that does life together. So before you're being seated, like just turn to somebody who's next to you. Just say hi. Give them like a ghost high five or maybe a <laughs> fist bump if you're all right. Or Hello? Yeah. John, do you have me in there? Okay. Well, I, I had turned it off and I wasn't sure what I was doing. <laughs> and just as we're all getting seated, just for those of you who don't know, this might be one of your first times with us. This platform rotates. It does. <laughs> so uh, we are going to stay stationary, and then like every five minutes or so, we'll just move a little bit. <laughs> so and it, and it just might be because some people have had motion sickness. Motion sickness. 
And the last thing we want you to do when you come to church is feel sick. Feel sick. So eventually we will be looking at you. <laughs> We're coming. There, it's kind of like Jesus. We're coming. You don't know when, but we'll get there. Hey, uh, since you guys uh, brought your Bibles today, uh, since Pastor Danielle has convinced us that we have to bring our Bibles to church, which I love, and I still can't because I can't see it if it's not on my screen. But if you, uh, if you have your Bible, um, and hey, but, uh, turn with me to Luke chapter 8. Matthew, Mark, Luke, third book of the New Testament. Matthew, Mark, Luke. Uh, written by Dr. Luke. He's a disciple, a follower of Jesus. He is an ardent uh, scholar. Um, he is a detailed person. I love it. Um, and look, if you're, if you're watching online today as well, we are really glad that you are here with us. Uh, no matter where you are, thank you so much for being a part of this with us. Uh, and look, we realize that there are some people who uh, can be here and can't be here yet, and that's all good, um, because we believe that we are doing this thing together. God is outside of time and space, and, uh, and he is with you just like he is with us. Um, if you need a title for today's message, it's uh, Don't Get Crowded Out. Don't Get Crowded Out. And we're going to explain that in a minute. But Danielle and I really felt strongly um, about continuing, or at least trying to build on last week. And if you weren't here last week, that's okay, because uh, it's, it, it's still online. You can check it out. You don't, it's not a necessity for you to know last week to get to this week. But, but we started last week talking about this necessity to come to this place where we can learn how to stand, stand, no matter what season we're in. Uh, whether it's a season of abundance or whether it's a season of of persecution, trial. We talked about understanding that the signs of the times shouldn't be surprising us. They're labor pains and they're off from the Bible and they're, they're not something to be afraid of. They're something to inspire us, to give us a sense of urgency because Jesus is coming. And uh, that, is a that is glory. That, that is glorious. Um, and it's also because of the labor pains that are here, there's things that we have to go through that uh, we have to learn how to stand within. Um, and so, and we talked a lot, a little bit, or we talked a little bit about learning how to stand and bear fruit. Stand and bear fruit, to be rooted and fruited. Uh, see, that's, that's pastor right there. These are the things that you don't talk to me about. I know. They were in the news. I didn't have that in the one I gave them because we're out here. In rooted and fruited. Hallelujah. No, I love it. Um, so look, today we want to help, um, help us move past just the desire. Because I know if you were here last week, you, had, you left with a desire to be fruitful. But, but we need more than a desire, and, and Jesus, in this text, as we look at today, is going to help, help us to identify some interior factors in our life, all of our lives, that keep us from being fruitful and actually will undermine us uh, in that season where we need to learn how to stand. Um, and so he's telling this parable about the sower and the seed who goes out and he throws the seed in four different soils. We're going to talk about those today. Before we do, it's just let me give you a little historical context Jesus is standing, um, he's preaching this by the Sea of Galilee, uh, which is a beautiful place, uh, and it's, it's probably right near Magdala, um, because right in the beginning of this, he says he healed Mary Magdalene, uh, who was a lady, Mary from Magdala, who had seven demons in her, and he, he sets her free, and then he tells this parable. Now, Dee and I were, you and I were just at, we were at Magdala just two years ago, right before the pandemic. Um, and it had just been discovered, and they, it, really, it was really cool, and I was... Are you gonna, I'm waiting for you to tell them that you sat there and you're I crying. cried. 
He was crying, but not because of Jesus. Yeah, well, it was because of <laughs> Jesus, too. <laughs> because I, if, yeah. if you happen to remember when we went to Israel, um, Kyle broke his foot. And so he had to do the whole trip on crutches without it being taken. And that was like first day. Yeah, and I'm like, you know, when it, you happen, it. you walk a lot when you're in Israel, right? As you can imagine. And so we got to this one place because they had just discovered it that he had never seen, but he couldn't walk into it because of the crutches. So he was crying. <laughs> this has gotten sad very quickly. <laughs> and so I was taking video. I was taking video and then like sending it to him. Which was sweet, but didn't help <laughs> at all. Hey, look at all the things you can't go see. Thanks. <laughs> that was awesome. Um, but, uh, you know, I do want to just say this because uh, I, I felt this this morning when I was going, uh, when I looked at this. You know, Mary had seven demons for a long time. You may have been, you may be sitting in this room being perfectly oppressed with something for a long time. I want to tell you something. There's deliverance from it. Jesus is a deliverer. Deliverance is his business. It doesn't matter how long you have been under it. It doesn't matter how long it has been in you or surrounding you. Or, or, or arresting you. Some of us have been really good at hiding it. Like we just navigate around. No, you can find freedom from your oppression today. Jesus is not a retrainer. He is a liberator. So today, if you are in here and you're saying, man, I, 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 I got this thing that I've been impressed, oppressed by for a long time, and you have called it your friend, you have normalized it, you have said, I guess, you have surrendered to it, I guess this is the way it's going to have to be, my Jesus is a deliverer. If he delivered Mary, he can deliver you. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. You don't have to go through it. So that's, that's for somebody in here today, but... In this, the reason why I said this before we get into the scripture is because in the Sea of Galilee, when they're sitting there on the hillside, all four of these soils are all around them. It's a collision point of all these things. He, he's looking out and seeing trampled paths. He's seeing rocky soil. He's seeing weeds growing up in the middle of a field. He's seeing fields with harvests of different kinds of fruits. So this is a collision point. This was not an esoteric concept for the people. Jesus was teaching them from their real life. And for you and I, this is not an esoteric teaching. These soils are real. And if we would sit back and look in our own lives, we're going to be able to identify every one of them. And just like they were set free 2,000 years ago, you can be set free today. So we're going to read this text together. We're going to start in verse 11. He's explaining the parable, and in explaining the parable... He's actually, he's, he's retelling it. He says, now this, now the parable means this. The seed that was sown by the sower is the word of God. The, the ones along the path or the trampled path are those who have heard it. Then the devil comes and takes it away from their hearts so that they may not believe. You can underline may not believe. They may not believe and be saved. And the ones on the rock are those who... When they hear the word, receive it with joy, they get excited, but they have no root. They believe for a while, but in times of testing, come on somebody, anybody go through time of testing? In a time of testing, they fall away. And as for what fell among the thorns, they are those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are, all cho but they are choked by the cares and riches and pleasures of life, and their fruit does not mature. It means they had maturity. I love what the NLT says here, and this is where we get our title from. It says, but all too quickly, the message in them is crowded out. The message is 
Don't be crowded out. Jesus goes on and says this, As for that in the good soil, they are those who, hearing the word, hold it fast in a noble and good heart and bear fruit with patience. Bear fruit. Because, D, last week we talked about Jesus saying to the fig tree, Mm -hmm. the desire is for all of us to bear fruit. You know, this has nothing to do with what I'm going to share, but it does say, and patiently produce a huge harvest. Yes. Uh, And I think that was maybe in the NLT. And I noticed that it doesn't say, um, and patiently awaits a huge harvest. Yes. I was bothered by the word produce. (laughs) (laughs) Because when you hear like you're patiently, you're thinking you're patiently awaiting something instead of you're patiently producing producing something. Uh, That's a, that's a, oh, you know, we often talk about there's believers who believe in Jesus. They will be with him in heaven. Uh, They call him as Lord and Savior. But then there's a, there's a work for us to do to become actual disciples. Yep. So the discipleship is where we experience intimacy with all parts of God. So good. Where he has the ability to talk with us and to open ourselves up to us. And to be able to investigate with our understanding and with his wisdom so that we can become deeper disciples, not just believers. Yes. Because in the days that we are walking into, simply being a believer will not be enough. Yeah. We must be disciples. And um, something that I felt very important to talk about this morning, even though we're going to really stay grounded in this scripture, is something that I talk to Kyle about constantly. And we happen to be on this platform, so we hold ourselves, as we should be held, to a significant standard of purity and of holiness. And that is something that you should be able to expect from us. And yet we also are very aware that on any given day, we can be, he and I, can be any one of these soils. Absolutely. That does not produce and live inside of holiness. And there's a scripture that I, I just, I, I talk about it all of the time. And it's 1 Corinthians 10, 12. And it says, therefore, let him who thinks he stands take heed mm. lest he fall. And that goes for anyone who has a platform. That goes for anyone who is holding a microphone. That goes for anyone who is teaching. That goes for anyone who is mentoring. That goes for anyone that has the ability to have a voice inside of someone else's ear. Yes. And you have to understand that when it says to take heed in that in the Greek, it says that the actual word actually means to be watchful of things that happen in the immaterial world, meaning like thing, uh, things that are or happen in the in the material world that you should have greater perception of as a result in your spiritual world. Mm. So you should be able to observe what you're doing, your behaviors, how you're, how you're interacting with people, with people that you don't like, with people that you love, but you're still behave in a certain way, all these types of things. And that is supposed to be something that we heed. Yes. We, we start to look at something in the natural, but we gain understanding of it in the spiritual realm. That's actually what that word means. So when we say, you know, oh gosh, I don't want to be that person, you know, that lest you fall. But the only way that we cannot be that person is to do what the word says, which is to heed, yes. which is to yep. actually be watchful in how we are in this world 
and then investigate it with the Holy Spirit in our internal world. And that's just the way that we're walking into every time that we teach, yep. every Sunday. This is the mandate on our lives. This is the mandate on all of our lives. And, you know, in that one, in that first scripture, in the NLT, it talks about, it, when, it's, when it talks about the quote-unquote good soil, it talks about good, honest and good-hearted people. And I have, I mean, I don't know a lot of people that have ever walked up to me and said, I'm a dishonest, horribly <laughs> hearted person, <laughs> right? Like, you might know, your, uh, you might be in touch with your not-so-pretty size. Right. But you are normally not labeling yourself as a dis dishonest, hardened-hearted yes. person, right? Yep. You want to see yourself as someone who is honest and good-hearted, Yes. right? Um, but there has to be something more to that. Otherwise, we would all be honest and good-hearted people, <laughs> right? And then we would all be set in the, in the times of, of, of trial. We we'll would be stand. able to stand. So I said to Kay, we have to really look into what that actually, that word means, because, the, I mean, if you say the word good, I mean, that's the most vague word yep. in the world. Yep. I mean, by anybody's standard, you can qualify as being good. Correct. Because it's usually up against something that's really bad. Yeah, I just have to be better than like Hitler or a mass murderer, yes, right? Exactly. Yeah, then I'm good. Yeah. And when not, you not as good as Mother Teresa, but yes, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. And then yeah. everybody goes, well, you know, I mean, it was Mother Teresa. <laughs> like you always have that gauge, right? It's right. not like anything in the Bible. We suddenly right. are just using other people yes. and we're deciding where we fall in the standard of living. And when we look at that word in the Greek, it actually talks about anything and everything that originates from God. God. That's the actual definition. So our soil becomes good if it originates from God. Wow. That's what makes it good. Like, we yes. try to be good people and tag on, you know, slap on Jesus' name on things. Yes. And we call ourselves well-intended, honest people. But if the place from which we're living is not originating from God, then we might be nice people. Right. We might have good intentions. We might be well-intended people. Yeah. But the, the way that God is saying that we will, the only way we'll be able to stand it is not just if we're simply good as, if we, as we term it in the world. He's talking about a certain flavor and a, a certain taste of holiness, yes. of being holy, yes. of being pure. And I, I'm, I'm stressing this up against the backdrop of 1 Corinthians 10 because, uh, because Kyle and I, we talk with a lot of people who uh, would probably wear that label of good. And I'm talking about even in ministry, right? Even people in ministry. Sometimes we will be talking with people and we'll say, how, how did they get to that belief? Like, how on earth yeah. are they saying that? Are they preaching that? We do this yeah, with our totally. own thing. We, do that we are yep. each other's greatest check and balance. Like, yep. mm, but that's not in the word. That's in me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'd love to share what's in me, but what's in the word? And oftentimes we can, because of what we've gone through, and Kyle's going to talk a little bit more about trampled soil, but, you know, we've talked for a year and a half now about compounded grief and cumulative weariness. If we as a people have ever known two things, those are the two things that I believe that we have been living through. Compounded grief and cumulative weariness. But those two things can start to define for us yes. what is good. 
And this is where we need God to show us that if it doesn't originate from him, it's been created from something else. Yes. And it's going to reflect that at some point in time. So we can slap name, God's name we, if we don't go into the word, church. This is why the word, it's not about what's a, Christi- what's a good Christian philosophy? What's a great Christian belief? What do they say in that church that we should do and people should be acting more like this? No, it has to be in the word. It has to come from that. So even as pastors, we, we've, we've talked about this now for a long time. This is what we've been trying to explain to people is that we can't be about building the church. There is no time to be building a church. We have to build people. Yep. Because people have to be able to stand. We talked yes. about putting on that full armor in this word. It talked about putting all that armor on to stand. Yep. Do you remember last week, I think it was, I said to you, that makes no sense to me. Who puts on all of this body gear to simply be able to stand? That tells me about what the days yes. surrounding us as soldiers will look like. That's yes, what yes, that tells me. Yes. Yep. And the other thing that I wanted to share is that it says, aside from just being honest and good-hearted people, it talks about that that soil of person clings to the seed, mm. actually clings to the word. So I was talking to Kyle about, I mean, we can talk and we are going to talk about what are some of the things that throw a wrench into our soil? But the truth is, is that everybody has the ability to have pure soil. Yep. Everybody has the same access to the word of God in this room. Everybody has the same access in this room to worship. Everybody in this room has the same access to community. Yep. So if we have that, but we're not, all of our soil, when it's under investigation with God, is it the same? Then what's changing it? And the word talks about, this is about people who will cling to his word. And so I started asking God, like, okay, so what does that mean to cling? Yeah, to hold it fast. Yeah, to, to, hold, to hold fast to something. And when I looked up this meaning in the Greek, and I think that it's, it would probably behoove me to actually read some some of this to you is that there's a, it shows that it actually means to be arrested mm. as in to be in someone else's custody Ooh. that's what the actual greek word means and i was talking to a friend of ours who was a police officer it's probably in this room i won't say names but justin really helped me <laughs> with this when i was trying to gain understanding i love you justin um and i said you know this, so we're talking about being voluntarily under arrest Yes. by the word of God. That's what God is saying. And I started to talk with him about the difference between about being detained and actually being arrested. And the thing is, church, is that we have really taken poorly to being detained by the Holy Spirit. Hmm. Because what that simply means is, we, are, we have a pause with him. And he says, he starts to ask us, ask us some questions about what he is seeing that's at work that is against the law of the word. Wow. And he says, I know, I know that you did that. That looked great. But when you did it, there was something else going on inside of you that sounded different than what everybody else heard out there. Yes. Um, can we talk about it? 
and we are so quick to protect ourselves because we don't want to be arrested that we start lying mm. to ourselves wow. and to him yep. when we are being detained. Yep. Well, you got to understand, yeah. God, like you clearly were not there for the last five times about how they treated me. Yes. So I, I don't know where you were having this conversation with them, but I don't <laughs> know why you're but apparently you feel the need to have this conversation <laughs> with me here. I did the right thing. Mm. Like, what else do you want from me? Yep. And we start we start hyper fixating on what we did or didn't do while the Holy Spirit is there as a counselor to talk to us about but why did you have the internal turmoil wow. go on inside of you while you were doing the right thing? Yeah. That's what I want to talk about. And to, to have that come at us from love, we're not used to that. True. We're used to that True. coming at us from somebody who is going to make us pay for breaking yes. that law. Yes, yes, right? it's punishment. I yeah, don't yeah, want to yeah. be taken. Correct. And we think about, it's, that's exactly right. That's so funny that you said that. We, we think about, it being punishment. Yeah. I've broken God's law. I haven't loved as I should. He's going to arrest me because now I'm going to be punished. Right. But a lot of times when you are taken into custody, it is so you stop breaking the law. Yes. It's actually to stop you from doing what you're doing. So why do I talk about this? Because thank God, thank God he gives us the opportunity to be voluntarily arrested. Yes to voluntarily put ourselves in his custody. Because what we are probably doing, even if it's inside of us and nobody sees it and they only see the good actions, is breaking his heart. Yes. We have to stop looking at it as law because it is a rule of his heart. This is how you better love, Danielle. Yes. This is how you better love someone. So when I, the Holy Spirit, am trying to talk to you about something and you're not letting that conversation take place, don't fight back when I want your heart to be arrested and come under the authority of love because that's, how you're, that's the only chance you're going to have to love purely and thus be able to stand. Dee, I love what you were just saying um, because uh, uh, when we are left unarrested. So I, I need us to just take a moment and think about what it would mean for God to see us breaking the law and, and saying, okay, just leave them alone because the wages of sin is death. He is arresting us to keep us from death. He is arresting us to keep us from death. He's not arresting us to keep us from fun. He's not arresting us to keep us from our freedom. He's not arresting us because he's angry. He's arresting us because if he left us breaking the law without a conviction, without conviction in our heart, without trying to arrest us with his grace and mercy and love, his compassion to woo us back, because remember, it's the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. If, it, if he would just leave us alone, he couldn't say he loved us. It's the very fact that his word tries to arrest us in the midst of doing what we're doing. That says, it's a big loudspeaker that says, I love you. I'm loving you so much that I'm going to arrest you with my word. If you allow me to arrest you with my word. That's, but that's how much he even loves us even more. That he said, even when my word comes, I'll still give you a choice. I'll still give you the choice. I will not force you to be arrested. I will not force you to be arrested. But my word can arrest you if you let it. 
And I think the struggle, if we're honest, indeed, this is where it gets back to why, why I'm, I'm glad we get to talk about the soil. Because the Word comes, the Word of God, we, in this big picture, the sower in this parable is Jesus. He's throwing out God the Father. He's throwing out the Word. And what I love about him is that he doesn't go, I'm just going to throw it on the good soil. Thank God he doesn't say that because we'd all be in trouble. Right? So what he said, look, look at the love of God. He said, I know even some of the stuff I'm going to sow to you, some of the mercy, some of the grace, some of the compassion, some of my promises, uh, they're going to fall on trampled soil. I, I already know it, but I'm still going to sow it to you because I want you to be arrested by it if the soil can change. It's not that the word has to change to fit the soil. It's not that the word has to fit, change to fit the soil. I wish God would say something different to me. No, the word doesn't change to fit the soil. The soil changes to receive the word. And so what Dee's talking about here is so powerful because part of the reason we don't get arrested by the word is because the soil in us has to be readjusted so that it's willing to hold on to the word. Right? It's willing. And not just in our mind, because we're all sitting here going, I'm, I'm willing. But the, but the Bible, Jesus clearly says, yeah, I know your heart better than you. <laughs> right? Come on, our heart's deceitful above all things. All of us would sit here and say, I'm soil, I'm soil number four. Right? Because, come on, if, we, if I said, how many of us are soil number four? Everybody's like, I'm soil number four. And Jesus is like, yeah, some of you is. Some of you is. Some of each of you is. But just like we said, sitting on the Sea of Galilee, looking out, there was a collision of all four of these on that landscape in our lives. There's a collision of all four of these soils in us. It is not a one-and-done moment. Salvation is a one-and-done moment. When I get saved, it's a one-and-done moment. I cry out to Jesus, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. If I believe in my heart and confess with my mouth today, I'll be saved. That is a one-and-done moment. Salvation is one-and-done. Fruit-bearing Discipleship takes time. So let's just talk really quickly if we can, because I think maybe we can identify. I know when I went through these, I started to identify some of these soils in my life. Maybe you can as well. And these are the things that actually keep us from standing, from bearing fruit. I think maybe the first soil that Jesus talks about that's resident in all of us is trampled soil. Trampled soil. The soil that has been beaten down by various footprints in your life, throughout your life, that's been beaten down through pain. All of us have parts of our lives, parts of our heart that have been trampled. I'm not just talking about broken, right? I, you know, I'm not talking about a teenage love that got broken. I'm talking about the variety of shoes worn by a variety of people that have brought pain, in real ways in our heart and have caused the soil that is meant to grow to be trampled underfoot and be hard packed. If you've ever been on a college campus or on a college quad or maybe you have a big uh, quad or campus at your workplace, you know this to be true. There's the walkways that go around the grass area and then there is always a footpath, right, that is cut across the grass area. Because it's a shortcut, right? Now, that didn't get there by just one person. 
walking that path that got there by multiple people over multiple years, come on somebody, wearing multiple styles of shoes that have, card, that have, that have, that have beat down, that have beat down, that have beat down that soil so the seed can't grow anymore. How many of us have been beaten down throughout the years through pain and disappointment and abuse, neglect, abandonment? If you were abandoned as a child, which is an epidemic in our world today, inside of you, you start to look for what's wrong with me. It creates isolation, self-reliance. If you've been abused and hurt, victimized, that soil is tramp, trampled down. The enemy has been trampling your soil since you were young. Each and every person has to recognize that the enemy's plan for their life has been to trample down your soil of your heart. Why? So that you can't believe. So that you stop taking God at his word. Oh my gosh, if our nation, if our world, if our church as a whole would just start taking God at his word, how different would it be? But it's not just for you and I to stand up and say, you got to take God at his word. That doesn't change anything. It's not the mind that is the problem. It is a trampled trauma. It is the trauma that comes from a trampled heart that the enemy has been using time and time again. And the issue, my friends, if we're honest with ourselves, is D, you and I talk about this a lot because of our lives. We learn to navigate around the trampled path, and we think it's healing. We learn to rewalk on the sidewalks. But here's the problem. There are seeds that are on, come on, there are seeds that are on the trampled path that you cannot believe to grow. You can learn to navigate around it. You can learn to rewalk on the sidewalk so you don't go down that same path again. But there are seeds of God's promise that God sowed that are still on the trampled path. But because of trampled trauma, you say, I got it. I'll walk this way. I can learn to be this way. But I can't believe for those promises in my life. It's not just you. It's in the Bible. Mark chapter 5. Do you realize all the people he grew up with, he couldn't do a miracle for? His whole crew, everyone he grew up with, all of his friends, all of his neighbors. The Bible says he's doing signs and wonders everywhere. Mark 6, chapter, uh, Mark 6 verse 5 says this. He comes back to his hometown. He can't do any, any miracles there because of their unbelief. What does the Bible say? Is a, why, where, where does unbelief come from? Trampled soil. Now, I could say maybe it's because they were over-familiar with them, but I look at this and say, oh, you mean how I grew up can cause unbelief? The community I went through when I was young can cause unbelief? You mean the people around me can bring hurt so much that it's trampled so that I can unbelieve? They didn't believe the Son of God. There's unbelief here. But this is what I want to say. It doesn't matter how the trampling comes. The enemy will use any and every available vessel because the goal is still the same. Trampled hearts, D, won't believe. 
And when we don't believe, there's no growth for the seed. We can sit in here and say, I wish, I wish, I wish, I wish, I wish. But there's seed on the trampled soil that can't grow because we haven't dealt with the soil. It can even happen, my friends, when you grow up in church. Do you realize you can be trampled by religion? Trampled by others in church, whether they were leaders or other people in the chairs around you, by rules, by cynicism. All of that stuff hinders our belief. It doesn't maybe hinder our belief in Jesus, but it hinders our belief in what Jesus can do and be to you and I. Yeah, like we'll say a lot of times that we believe in Jesus, but when it would require us being able to have hope that he can do something, there's like a breakdown. It sounds so, the, so yeah. much the same, but it's like, no, I mean, I know I can't doubt Jesus. Right. So it's like, I don't doubt Jesus. Right, it's not Jesus. But I don't really have the capability anymore to have hope that that Jesus will be able to do something Absolutely. for me. Because we're, in, we, again, we have investigated that ground Correct. from a vantage point of defending it. Correct. It's okay, I'm all right, it's gonna be fine. Yeah, it did stink, but I'm just gonna keep it moving. All of these things. And it's like pouring a box of Band-Aids <laughs> on top of Correct. a heart that needs open heart surgery. Correct. And just being like, it's all good, it's fine, it's okay. I mean, I know Jesus, if he wanted to, could do a miracle, but can you have hope for him to actually walk you through a healing process? And that, that's, what, that's what I wanna say, because can I just be honest? Like, let's be honest. How many of us are sitting here with trampled hearts? Maybe not all of it, but a portion of it. You can't navigate. You cannot, we cannot. Here's what I need us to understand. The trauma can't simply be navigated. It needs to be repaired. Your trauma can't be navigated because this is what we do. I know my family life was this like. I know it was that we learn how to navigate the dysfunction. And we call it normal. But it's still trampled soil. It's why the promise of the prophet Isaiah in Isaiah 61, he says, my God comes to bind up the brokenhearted. To bind it up. To actually, to restore it, to repair it. We've been talking for months about being repairs of the wall. Not, not, not just rebuilding a wall, but to repair the wall. The first thing I think that's beaten out of a heart is belief. And so we're sitting here with trauma, and we're just saying, get over it. Here's the church's advice. Get over it. Forgive it and forget it. Let me, let me give you different advice. Stop and get repaired. You can't get over it. If you could, you would have. You can't navigate around it. It needs to be repaired. It's okay because my God is a binder of the brokenhearted. It's okay. Like he said, I got you. Like he didn't say, unless you're not trampled, I'm not sowing seed. He said, I'm going to sow seed. And I realize that you're trampled. So let me bind up your heart so that the things that you couldn't believe for, you can believe for now because my word will arrest you. But you can't do it alone. We need to be discipled, and if you are a repairer of, if your gifting is helping people to be repaired, we need to be disciplers. 
It's why Dee and I have been saying it's not about a good sermon. It's not about a good worship set. It's about understanding that we're a community that's going to be discipled because we all have some trampled crap in our life that we've learned to navigate around. And there's promises, there's blessings, there's breakthroughs, there's seeds of prosperity and peace and wholeness that are on the trampled soil that God put there. And he didn't give up on those seeds. He's just waiting for us to untrample the soil. Why are we waiting? We need to let, like we said last week, D, the vine keeper come in and dig up those roots and redo the soil for a while. It's okay. It won't, time won't heal all wounds, but time with Jesus will. Let me say that again. Because our belief in our world is time heals all wounds. No, time with Jesus will heal all wounds. Let me give you the second soil really quickly. And it's the disillusioned soil. Disillusioned soil. It loses its way when it loses its joy. I think for many of us, this is a reality. And especially in this last year and a half, I can't even think about this when it comes to the church at large because we talk to friends all the time and churches are tend to be running about 30% of what they were before the pandemic. That's 70% of people probably fall somewhere in the soil, let alone maybe there's portions of my heart that have fallen in the soil. Because what Jesus says is when, when the word first came to you, you were like, come on, baby, come on. Jesus, let's go. Come on, we're going to church. You were telling all your friends, you got to come church with me, you got to come church with me, you got to come. I know you, you got to come to church with me, right? And we were all excited. We're like, this is the best thing. The sliced bread is awesome. Jesus! That's how an extrovert, I think, comes to Jesus, apparently. It's true. I don't remember having any In, of that. Inside of you, you were like that. You wanted to be like that. Okay, that's, that's true. <laughs> See, but then Jesus said, I got it, because then testing comes. And somewhere we lose our joy because this is what he said. You received it with joy, but then testing came. So what went away? My joy. And when I lost my joy, I lost my way. It, it started to fall away. Why? Because of compounded grief. I get more grief and more grief and more grief. And I lose the warm fuzzies. I lose the feeling. I Lost that loving feeling. I, I, I lost, I, I, I can't be in church any longer. I, I don't have my support system. I, 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 don't, I don't have the same feeling uh, when I pick up my Bible. I, I, don't, I don't have the same want and desire to pray. Why? Because I lost my joy, so I lost my way. And it begins to attack what I will call the belt that holds our beliefs, which is our emotions. Let's be honest, our emotions, for many of us, are the belt that hold our belief. Because we get the warm fuzzies, we get the goosebumps when we get around the Holy Ghost, we, 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 we feel seen, we feel loved by God, all this stuff is good, but then when that goes away, we, our beliefs start to sink. When our situation starts to sour, like we talked about last week, we start to renegotiate the terms with God, because after all, this isn't the gospel I signed up for. I signed up for an abundant gospel. I signed up for abundant life, all the promises. I signed up for a good God doing good things. I didn't sign up for this. 
I'm going to renegotiate the terms. I just, you know what keeps going through my head? Yep. Is the scripture that says, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Exactly. So when Satan has your joy, he, he has, has your strength. strength. It's true, D. So we want to, we, don't you find that your prayers are like, oh, Lord, give me strength? And even like the enemy is like, oh, you can keep praying that all day long. Yep. Because if you don't have, have him joy. restore your joy, restore your joy, then the strength is just, um, what's it called when there's a collateral? Like it's collateral, collateral damage, damage, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think D2, like when our joy gets crowded out, right, in the trials, um, because the things, so many things that were carrying our joy, do you realize you have joy carriers? They're, they go missing in the room. Let me explain. When we didn't have church, so many of us questioned our beliefs. Why? Because we didn't have this, we didn't have the, 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 the Sunday morning of adrenaline. The feel that happens when we worship. The feeling we get when we get the word. The feeling we get when I get to see friends again. And I know because most of us, every time before this, we would say, man, I just made it. I'm so glad we, we had Sunday. I just made it to Sunday. Man, if I didn't have Sunday, I don't know. Take that away. We took the belt of emotion away, and our beliefs started to fall. Because our intimacy, our, our belief was tied much more to being in church than it was to being in the presence of Jesus. You know, forgive us, God, for that. No, I and, and, and like it's just. But let's just take a moment. No, uh, let's, yeah, like, let's please. actually just take a moment. Let's just take a moment, God. Oh God, forgive us. Mm. God, forgive us because it's not worth loving church if we don't love you. Absolutely. So God, I pray that you forgive us. I thank you for your kindness in this space, so that we can understand and hear you and immediately respond to you. Hallelujah. Thank you for teaching us to do better because we know you better. Hallelujah. Amen. No, I, I think the, you know, you and I were talking about it. I mean, even for me, and I don't mean that in a, I mean, like, even for me, I mean, like, even in my life, I've, I had to recognize that what was missing, there was joy in my life missing when church wasn't here. And, and it's not that Church wasn't the problem. See, this is where it goes. Church isn't the problem. My reliance on church was the problem. When you lose your joy, you lose your way. And the truth of the matter is, soil that is disillusioned needs to be restored. There needs to be a restorative process. It means something is missing. You know, um, farmers have crop rotation and the reason they have crop rotation is because if you have the same crop over and over and over again it depletes the soil of a nutrients it makes it useless when we go through trial after trial after trial so much without being replenished becomes useless we need to be restored that's why that's why david in psalm 51 here he is the he's the god he's the man after god's own heart right man after god's own heart. if i only had the heart after god i'd be all right 
he says to God, restore unto me the joy of my salvation. I've gone through it. I'm going through it. I've been through it. I know I still got a road ahead of me that's going to go through it. God, this is what I'm struggling with. I'm struggling with joy. I'm struggling with losing what I had with you early on. Restore unto me the joy of my salvation. That Hebrew word to restore means to bring back to its original existence. It means there's something existing in me that was not there or supposed to be there that's original. That means there's something in me that's counterfeit. That means that I need Jesus. I need the Spirit to bring back to me something I can't produce in myself. There's something that I've allowed to take that space that is not original. It was not, did not come with the car, did not come with my life. I've placed it in there and I've tried to counterfeit happiness for joy contentment with joy lack of trial with joy he said you got to restore unto me God because my soil's messed up I need you to get in there and slowly mix together the good soil with the bad I need you to add some more water in there so that it gets all the right nutrients. I need you to identify master keeper, vineyard worker. What is the elements that are missing in that soil that have, that have been sucked out by all the trials, by that lack of crop rotation that I've gone through? Lord God, all the nutrients that have been gone, I need you to identify and bring them back. Holy Spirit, come on. That's why we need discipleship. That's why we need people. It's why we need to be a repairer and a restorer in our life. We're going to need to, yeah, I know. to make I this two say, weeks. We, we, we talked about coming in this morning. We're like, this might need to extend to next week. But it's a good thing that, that God, I feel like God has, us, has our finger on the pulse right now of what he wants us to share. Um, I actually have a word for somebody. Yeah, great. Margo. So... During worship, I kept seeing something, and I have been asking God all morning, like, do I share this privately with you, or do I share this publicly? And I really felt like he wanted me to do it publicly, um, is that he kept showing me your throat, um, like, as an analogy, um, your voice. He kept showing me your voice, and he kept showing me, he kept showing me a desert in your voice. It was very, like, a very dry, a very arid. It was a very stagnant space in your voice. And then he, and, and then he began to show me fire. And what the inference was is that I felt like he was saying was that for, for a season, the voice that she has always meant to have was, went through a desert-like time. Uh, a desert, desert like uh, it was actually like it was uh, like the desert tried to set up camp to take her voice, but I started to see flame come back, and I it's, it was interesting because I kept saying to God like, oh yeah, so like water, like you brought water, and He was like, no, it's actually fire, mm. and so for whatever that means, is that whatever whatever you may have thought was lost in the desert is not lost to him Hallelujah. and that it's not going to come mm. back he's just not going to like water the ground yeah there's actually fire the holy spirit has been assigned to your voice and there is going to be significant and it's not even like it's not even like um singing like not just singing 
the, the, the inference is, is you. You're using your voice, however God has you use your voice, um, is going to have the power of the Holy Spirit inside of it. And it wasn't like it was um, even in spite of that. It was like through that dry comes fire. Mm. Wow. Can we pray? Can we pray for those people? Guys, yeah, can you yeah, stand yeah, up? Yeah, Would yeah, you mind yeah. standing? Yeah, that's right. Yep. We don't have a, um, a planned anything, but let, let me just, if you, if you feel like there's parts of you that resonated with today and that you want us to begin to just be begin praying for you, the sound of sojourners is an important yeah. thing. Put your hand up just so long mm. enough so I can see there are people that this is resonating mm. with. Okay, great. So let's just begin to let our voices be known holy, to God. Holy, 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 God, thank holy, you for holy, knowing holy, my holy. voice. Thank you for knowing what my voice sounds like when it's broken. Thank you for knowing what my voice sounds like when it's crying out. Thank you for knowing what my voice sounds like when it's in despair. Thank you for knowing what my voice sounds like when it's in discouragement. Thank you for knowing what my voice sounds like when it's in disappointment, God. But I thank you, Father, for restoring what my voice can sound like, what it should sound like, the quality of strength that it should always know. God, I pray that people would begin to loosen their voices in this place and just lift up a sound to you, God. Hallelujah. Just lift up a sound to you. Thank you, Jesus, Hallelujah. for knowing our voices, God. Thank you for hearing those cries and those desperate, arid seasons, God. I know that there are people coming back to life still. Yes, I know yes. that, God. And I Speak pray, life. Father, that you would show them that today is one step closer to their healing inside of you, God. There are parts of us, because of humanity, Lord, that I know will only know full healing on the other side of yes, heaven. Yes. But there are still pieces of healing that are assigned to this side of the veil. Yes, yes, so God, yes, I pray yes, 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 that yes. you would stir yes. that inside of people, God, yes. that you would begin to speak. This is where I want to bring light. This is where I want to bring illumination. Don't fear the investigation of my spirit. He is there to help you. He is there to be arrest your heart. He is there to consume you with love. You will be consumed with love and not judgment. You will be consumed with compassion and not evil. If I bring conviction, it will bring be to restore. God, I pray that we just lift up. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Hallelujah. Come on. Yes. Come on. Come on. Jesus, 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 Jesus. There's just something about that name in the name of Jesus. Yeshua God, you are, ho you are holy. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. You are the breaker of chains, Lord God. You're the one that stands in the gap. You are Jehovah Jireh, Lord God, the God who provides. You are Yahweh Nisi, the banner under which we find salvation. You are the God. God, you are Jehovah Rapha, the God that heals every disease in the name of Jesus. Lord God, there's no weapon formed against any person in this room. Every trampled soil, we speak to you now in the name of Jesus. And we tell you to be cultivated. We tell you to be irrigated by the Holy Spirit. We speak life back into those seeds that are of promise that have, that, have found, that, that have been found impotent because of disbelief in the name of Jesus. We speak speak hope we speak peace we speak life again those lies that the enemy has tried to sow time and time again through the, the through the trampled footprints 
of various vessels in the name of Jesus. Every lie be silenced. Father, renew our mind in the name of Jesus. We open our hearts. You are a rock and a refuge. Come on, somebody. Jesus, you are a rock and a refuge. You are a mighty tower. You are a mighty warrior dressed for battle. Out of your mouth comes the sword of the Spirit to strike down the enemy in Jesus' name. We come before you. Sickness, right now we speak to you. Sickness, cancer, pain, addiction. In the name of Jesus, we speak to you. And like Mary was delivered from the oppression of the enemy, we pray that Jesus deliver, Jesus deliver the sick. Jesus deliver the oppressed. Jesus deliver the addicted, even now in Jesus' name. Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Hey, team, can you guys come? We're going to sing. D, we're going to sing. We're going to sing that song that we sang, that we started with. Something's got to break. Man, I, I want to I ask you to do something if you're comfortable. If you need a breakthrough today, when we sing this song, just, just, just come down front. It's not, a, it's not a show for anyone else. This is just you running to the altar of God and saying, God, I need a breakthrough. God, I need a healing. God, I need your power. God, I've been trampled on. God, I've been in pain. God, I've been in trauma. God, I've been hurting. God, my soil's messed up. God, I've been disillusioned. God, I've lost my joy. I just need you. Something's got to break. There's something that happens. There's something that happens when we run to Jesus. The woman with the issue of blood was captive for 12 years. She ran to Jesus, fell on her knees. She was healed instantly. Ten lepers, outcasts, unable to worship God, run to Jesus. Heals him in a minute. Blind Bartimaeus standing by the side of the road won't let Jesus pass. They keep telling him to shut up to sit down. He keeps crying out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And he gets Jesus' attention. And when the attention of the master fell on him, he was healed. Come on, somebody. There's healing in the room. There's breakthrough in the room because there's Jesus is in the room. Something has to break. Not a better church service. Not a great, uh, not a great sermon. Something in you's got to break. By the power of the Holy Spirit. Come on, let's sing. Make this your prayer.
forgiveness, mercy, come and breathe. Holy, holy, holy. Holy, holy. God, I thank you for holy tears. They're holy to you. Your word tells us that you keep them in a bottle. That you preserve them. God, I pray that people would see that their earnest obedience today is worship. It's worship to you, Father, that our broken hallelujah is ascending to your ear. It brings you great joy, but it also gives you so much space to work. And Father, I thank you for embracing spirits today, even if they're broken ones, God. I thank you for embracing them. I pray, Father, that you would begin to write new things on old places, that there would be the finger of God that begins to move on those broken pieces that people will know. It's no other person's name written on them but your name. It is no other person's name written on them but your name. Anything and anyone who has tried to write its name on other people's lives we cut it at its root in the name of Jesus. Whatever we have yes. identified with, whether it's a sickness, whether it's something Destroy that happened it. to our childhood, whether it's something that's ha happened to us in our adulthood, if it's part of a, a reputation that we feel like we'll never get out from under, if it's, a, if it's a job that we feel like we'll never be able to break away from, God, there is nothing that's assigned to our eternity that's not assigned by you. Yes. So, Father, I pray that any lie that we have bought that tells us this is who we are and this is who we will always be. I pray, God, that there would be a new identity beginning to breathe inside of people, that there would be a separation that would actually begin in a healthy way to disassociate from all of the sin and the evil that has tried to write its name on their lives, God. I pray, Lord, that the sound of sojourners that has filled this room, I pray, God, that it echoes in people's memory banks this week, Father, that you would, that you would remind them that in this moment they can look around this room and see that they are not alone and that this is a safe place for them to know you more and to know you deeper and to go from that believer to disciple Jesus because that is who you desire us to become and so you help us. And so you help us. And that's what this altar time has been, you helping us, even though we're trying to give ourselves to you because you are so good you help us back. And I thank you for that beautiful part of this morning, Jesus. Amen. Hey, church, can we just do one last thing? Just stay where we are for just a second. Um, I don't want to leave this place this morning. I have two quick things, but 
One is this. I just feel like, um, like if you have felt abandoned or were abandoned in your life, and that's part of the trampled soil that you're going through. And I know I, in my mind I'm hearing just saying, I, I'm fine. I've got past it. I've forgiven it. I'm good. Listen, my daddy wants you to know he brings orphans into homes. The Bible says he brings orphans into homes. You don't have to do it yourself. You never were designed to do it. He has seen, he has heard, and he is bringing you into a family called his house. But maybe today, to be honest, you've come to church before, you've been to church before, maybe this is your first time, but you've never actually said yes to Jesus. You've been what Danielle's been saying earlier. You've been trying to be good, trying to be better, trying to work it out. But you've never actually stopped and said yes. Been arrested by his love. You may say, how do I know if God loves me? Here's how he loves me. How I know. Because when you were a sinner, spat on God, did everything you wanted to do, he died for you. You didn't come to him. He came to you. He didn't just die for you, he died as you. He took everything that was against you and he took it on himself. He became it. And he said, I won't have them pay for one thing. I'll pay the whole bill. Woo! No greater love is anyone than someone like that laid out his life for someone like me. I'm not asking if you're a good person. I'm not asking you if you've been to church. I'm asking you, will you receive that love today? Because it'll change everything. So if that's something that you would want to do, meet God where you are. Can we just pray this prayer with me? We're all going to pray it together, but you can just pray it out loud. The Bible says, as we already said, if you confess Jesus with your mouth as Lord of your life and believe in your heart that he died for you, today you'll be saved. Just say, Dear Lord Jesus, Dear Lord Jesus here, I am today. here I am today. I've come to give you all my life. I've come to give you all my life. I'm asking you, Jesus, asking you, Jesus to, be the Lord and Savior of it all. to be the Lord and Savior of it all. I'm not holding anything back. I'm, not holding anything back. I'm willing to give you my whole life. Forgive me of my sin. Cleanse me right now. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and make me your child. And from this day forward and forevermore, I choose to live full on for Jesus Christ. I will never go back. I will never surrender. I choose you now and forever. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, can you give God a shout of joy for people who made that decision today? Woo! Hey, and if you made that decision, thank you for making that decision today. We have, uh, we have some books that we would love to give you just to help you understand that they're free. This is for Gen, this is for Gen Xers, uh, tell, uh, Gen Zers, whatever. <laughs> Generations younger than me. That's what it should say, right? It should say generation. We have books for generations younger than me. Um, but we have this book. It just explains what you just did. 
Pastor Rick is right over here. Pastor Rick, can you give me a wave? We have a great table over there. Before you leave, just go talk to him. Take two minutes. It's free. We'd really like to help you walk this thing out. Because today was the beginning of a journey, but it wasn't the end. It wasn't the end. So we're going to ask you to do one last thing, if you will. If you could just be seated just for one last second. Yeah, team, you guys can. It's the best part about you guys not being plugged in. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was at Apple, uh, I was at Apple uh, store the other day picking up something, and uh, the guy saw my, web ad- uh, my um, email address, and he said, Connect Church. He said, do you know Tim Mullen, which is our bass player right there? <laughs> And I was like, you know, sometimes you're scared to say yes. <laughs> but that was not one of those times. I was like, yeah. And he's like, isn't he the best? I was like, he's the best. <laughs> Love you, dude. I'm so proud of you. But no, truthfully, though, Tim, to be honest, like, um, character matters. Mm-hmm. Tim hasn't worked there for a while. But his coworkers who still work there recognize that not, I didn't, I, my last name's not Mullen. They recognized the church he went to. And they said, we love that guy. What a gr- we miss having him around here. Tim, thank you for being that kind of light in the midst of the darkness. Thank you for being that. It's huge. Guys, we're just going to do one last thing before we go. Appreciate your time today. Appreciate your willingness to come forward today to give your, open up your heart. Just need, we wanna, we're going to give an opportunity to continue to worship with giving of our offering today. And this is just another part of worship, isn't it, I mean, we t- I know we talk about that all the time, and I know it's easy. Can I just be real honest? I grew up in church, so I get it. I know that it can sound like pastoral rhetoric when we say, we're going to continue to worship, we're going to give an offering. But truly, we believe it. Because it's in the Word. I've been arrested by the, by the truth that God is a giver. That God is a generous God. What we said today from the very beginning is that God didn't look for just the good soil to pour out his promises. If that doesn't prove how generous of a God he is, that he didn't wait for you and I to get it together and then pour out his, his promises. He said, you know what? I'm going to pour out my seed into you. I'm going to throw out the seed into your life, no matter what kind of soil it is right now, because that's how much I love you. I'm going to sow into your life. And that's what we get to do when we, when we give. In this room, you may say, well, I don't know yet, and I don't know that person yet, and I don't know how this, look, we get to sow in over and over again, believing for a harvest that's yet to come. That's what you do. And your giving matters. It changes people's lives. It enables us to, give, uh, uh, to do things in our community as well as to do things on Sunday and throughout the week. And look, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna. Say, I'm the I'm the logic person, so I'm like, we'll just put. Do we put the slide up? <laughs> Here's the giving slide. <laughs> <laughs> There's envelopes and pens on the ottomans around you, and we are thankful that you're giving today. Thank you very, very much. You have no idea how much Truthfully. we are very grateful. And there are giving kiosks uh, on the way out that you'll see them. There's two of them. They're gold at the door, and you can just pop your offering in there. So we just want to remind them that this week we have... Give on, I, I'm going to give on my uh, cell okay. phone right Oh, yeah, that's yep, right. Sorry. See this? Yeah. I'm old school. I know. I'd be the person that's putting money in an envelope into them. But a, see, we know. have Gen Zers. 
<laughs> that don't know what that's a check true, is, but they know what a that's cell right, phone that's is. That's right. So as we're getting ready to go, we just want to remind you, we always talk about shoulder to shoulder, which is our women's discipleship group, and Forged, which is our men's discipleship yes. group. And the Men. reason that we talk about them is because they're valuable. Yep. They're valuable to us, and I pray that they're valuable to you. It's virtual, so you can come to it in your pajama bottoms. For, <laughs> and nobody will ever bottoms, know. Bottoms, by the way. <laughs> but, but yeah, right. Please put on a regular top. <laughs> but uh, we have a Linktree app that you can find everything um, about it at. And it's different ones of us that will be leading groups. And again, it's like about an hour. And we do a teaching that we go through the Word of God. We're, what book are you guys in? We're in First Peter chapter 3. First Peter chapter 3. We like finally <laughs> made it to chapter 3. <laughs> and it's where you get to actually talk, you know, converse and commune with each other and talk about real life yep. up against the backdrop of a real word. So thank you for those of you who are already a part of it. It's not something that you have to, like, wait. It's, you can just jump in like Double Dutch. You can, just, <laughs> you can just come on in and you can be a part of it. Does anyone know what Double Dutch is anymore? Yes. Thank you. Seven like, people know what Double Dutch is. That's great. No, it's awesome, isn't it? It's on a commercial now, Double Dutch. It, I feel like we didn't need a commercial to understand what Double Dutch <laughs> is. But then again, this Gen is here. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Hey, why don't we stand? I mean, we're just going to pray. We're going to go. Uh, thank you guys for giving. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being on time. Thank you for giving us time. We said, we've been saying, we're in reentry phase. We're, we're figuring all this out at, with you as we go, and um, we are really honored that you allow us to pastor you, so thank you, because uh, that is a gigantic honor um, to be able to bring you the word every week, and we pray that the word finds its way in your heart. I tell the guys all the time, it's not our desire to get through the book, it's our desire to let the book get through us. And that's what the Word of God does, gets in us. So can I just pray over you guys? We're going to pray the book. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for every person here today. I thank you for the time that they've sown, the worship that they've given, the love that they've poured out. So, Daddy, I, I pray a, a hundredfold return into their life this week. We pray that you may continue to draw them unto you. You said, Lord God, if we... If we humble ourselves before you, that you will absolutely lift us up. You'll draw us up. You'll draw us to yourself. And so I pray today that as we walk this week out and we walk it with you, that you draw us closer to your side. Open our ears and our eyes and our hearts and our lives to those things that you're doing around us so that we can join you at your work in our communities and in our families and in our marketplace. We live to give you glory. We love you and we praise you. We give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 God bless see you guys. You guys Thanks for being here. We'll see you next week. Four shoulder to shoulder. <laughs>